0: Don't be afraid. You're never going to please everyone. It's some hard work. Not prepared for long-term hard work. Close the door now. Welcome to The Toxic Fox
1: Show, the podcast for conscious business owners that give a damn. And I'm Diana Barnett, your host. The show is kindly made possible by sevencanaries.com.au. Today, my guest is Carolyn Chambers. She's the founder of 4Zero, and that's the word 4 and the word 0. 4Zero is an Australian manufacturer of newborn baby clothes that use bamboo and organic cotton fabric. One of 4Zero's baby wraps was gifted to Prince George by the Queensland government, and this created a surge of demand and publicity for 4Zero at the time. I started the conversation with Carolyn by asking her to tell us what 4Zero does and why.
0: 4Zero is a company where I manufacture and design babywear here in Brisbane. Um, 4Zero and its philosophy is so that babies have a comfortable, settling, and safe product. Um, straight after birth, um, the the concept behind is grown from my experience and, and vast knowledge as a paediatric intensive care nurse. I studied children's nursing um, in England in Liverpool. Um, I did a four-year degree and moved into neonatal intensive care and paediatric intensive care for over a decade. Um, So that's where my passion lies. It all reverts back to babies being comfortable and settled. It doesn't matter if they're full-term, premature, healthy, sick. um, Every baby has the same need. And that's all I kept on seeing in the the decade career that I had working in both the UK and Switzerland. Um, And when we arrived in, in Australia in 2010, I knew there'd be some issues with my converting my degree over to work here because we didn't come on the visa premise through my nursing, we came through my husband's work. and to be honest, it just got too difficult um, to work through the hoops, to change things. Because we'd lived in Switzerland for five years prior, I'd learned French fluently to go back to work. And this showed as a break in service because I took 18 months out to learn the language fluently. And um, so there was certain little avenues I just couldn't get the bureaucracy in Australia to figure out. Um, and I wasn't prepared to push any harder. And the opportunity to either go back to nursing for three years to study as an adult nurse, to take up my children's nursing degree um, or to take the funds that we would have to invest into my nursing career again, um, took the opportunity to to develop my own brand of clothing. Um, it's something that had always been in the back burner of understanding what babies need, um, understanding the the basic principles of, of what babies need to settle, really, um, and I took the opportunity and spent two years developing the back end of the brand and researching everything and understanding Australian manufacture to then bring out my product in 2012, the June of 2012, we started trading, so a little under two and a half years, and here I am with an Australian-made brand that's stocked across the country in just over 30 stores. Um and loving every minute, to be honest. It's a it's a journey that if you'd have asked me five years ago, I would have never had an idea I was about to embark on. And, yeah, I find it really exciting. So
1: there is something special about your brand. It's not just Australian made. It's also you've gone very much into researching the fabrics. And you've, So what about the fabrics in
0: your brand? I have. So something that um, especially that I decided because... I think purely because of my, my background with um, nursing. Um, babies are born and they have the most delicate skin. Um, and I knew I needed to reflect this in, in products. So I looked at many avenues, whether it was overseas or here, um, and I ended up settling with um, organic cotton and bamboo. Again, there's many, um, there's many pros Cons, it doesn't matter which fabric you choose, and I just kept coming back full circle to this fabric. It's super soft. Um, the suppliers that I use actually import it, and I buy from a wholesaler here in Australia. So there's a little bit more control for what I'm doing, it's not just a blind pri- buying process. Um, so we have I've gone through the different stages and with them I know where the factories are, I know what accreditations they have um, and just being able to make sure that it's a good high quality standard and it's the same throughout my brand. doesn't matter when I buy my fabrics, I know it's the same quality. So I chose the organic cotton and bamboo because it's it's super durable, it's super soft um, and it helps the skin breathe. Right, and so if you're looking
1: at that, you're talking about you, you've gone down the manufacturing in Australia. Mm-hmm. What's uh, with a lot of um, companies actually going overseas? Why have you chosen to stay in Australia, and how have you how are you doing that successfully?
0: I think in the beginning, because obviously coming from a non-manufacturing. Um, apparel industry background, um, I just had to go back to the basics. I began um, investigating different factories here in Australia. I went around a few different states and um, I just kept on asking questions and wanting to learn. And I did exactly the same with, I contacted factories that were overseas in China and um, contacted other brands that were had started here but had begun to manufacture overseas. Um, and I just kept coming back to the logical explanation that I wanted control over this. I wanted to know that who was making my product, how my product was being made. Um, I wanted to know that it was... It was controllable at every avenue. So if there was an issue with the design process, I could step in. If there was an issue with the manufacturing process and what was happening and getting the best result, I could step in. So we did lots and lots of testing in the first 18 months before we even launched the brand with different um, techniques of when it was getting cut, when it was getting sewn, when it was getting the finalised product. And I just knew I couldn't do that overseas. Um, It really wasn't that hands-on experience. Um, and I just kept on coming back full circle to this factory in, in uh, Brisbane. So everything's actually hand-cut and sewn in Fustu Valley in Brisbane. And so with that, what
1: um, what advice would you give to anyone else wanting to do manufacturing in Australia?
0: Have your eyes wide open. <laughs> it's, it's certainly by no means an easy process, Um there's, there's, there's issues in Australia, like there are everywhere in the, else in the world, about who you choose and the way that you do it. I've just, every which way, I just wanted to do it right. Um, I don't know if that comes from my, I'm a very analytical person, so I'm very much, how can this get done? What's the best way to do it and what's the safest way? And part of that, I think, is my intensive care nursing brain. Um, you, you, the easiest thing for me to reflect on it is there's no lives at stake here, potentially. Um, and that's why I wanted to make sure it was a safe environment. And that's where I can definitely guarantee that in Australia. I can't guarantee that if I hand it over to an agent overseas and they're wanting to manufacture, um, I don't know who they're giving that that job out to, which it doesn't matter how logical you are or how stringent you are in your sourcing, there's going to be loopholes if you can't see it firsthand.
1: Moving up from that into another area of manufacturing in Australia
0: is pricing. How does that affect you? <laughs> it's high. <laughs> It's it's extremely high, um, and again, that's where you have to sit down with your product. Is it viable? What what are the con every costing part of your business, um, and that's where a lot of people get surprised that. Um, that I took so long to get it out to the marketplace. I wanted to make sure it was viable. Um, and my, and my, my manufacturing costs, I know, are extremely high because we pay fair wages. We've got a full certification from bodies like Ethical Clothes in Australia to prove that our not only my sourcing chain and my manufacturing chain, everything's above board, and we actually pay above... Um, the, the award rates uh, majority of the time as well so you have to be able to factor this into your business model um so how does that affect you at the customer rate level from the outset I'm, I'm a boutique brand so this is where it gets pushed throughout my my branding message being four zero is attainable on every level to every customer but we are um we are a premium brand, and that's what reflects in the, the working conditions, which reflects into my manufacturing process, which goes back to the source of my costings. Um, so it's And that's where every part of the brand, nothing gets released unless it's been researched and tested properly. So the end user will get a high premium product, um, and that's what's Funnily enough, that's the reap. A lot of the feedback I'm getting off consumers at the moment that are on their second or third baby were given four zero as we launched two and a half years ago, or around about two years ago, and they're all coming back. It's it's like it was new yesterday. The, the blankets are still as good, um, so and the firstborn isn't prepared to give up the wrap that they've become um, attached to that's one of their sleeping blankets so they're, they're coming back through fall to come and buy for the new baby and that's what I wanted to hear. I'm not a throwaway, um, quick use brand um, the quality will be there two, three years on. Well that's um... Um, Very much needed, I think. Um, Oh, hugely so. I think, and I think as consumers, we're starting to really be aware of this. Obviously, my background um, is British, so I've been very exposed to the fashion, fast fashion, throwaway fashion, Um, especially with big brands out there that um, you see new collections coming into stores every day. And I think part of me when we moved from the UK to Switzerland, Switzerland's a very much social. Um, sustainable country and that really opened my eyes as to not only fashion food production um, just being aware of where your products come from um, and then coming here it's it, there's a big movement in Australia um, and especially the last four years I've been in business I can see it growing so doing talking about that let's move into how you've, you've
1: developed the product you've gone through the manufacturing etc how have you got people to know about your products?
0: I think because I'm loud. <laughs> or how are you loud? <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't give them much choice but to listen to me. Um, I love. I think partly you have to love what you're doing. Um, when you're a new brand, I mean, I am. I've not reinvented the wheel. I am not um, a baby wrap, a baby blanket, baby bath towels. Um, a lot of my products are similar to other brands that you'll get out there, but I just keep stemming back to my quality. And that comes Australian made. Looking for, I'm using good quality fabrics. I'm interested in what I'm producing for the end consumer. Um, I want the end consumer to use my products. Um, and... Yeah, I think that's, that's where my philosophy just comes from each and every time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
0: what, um, what
1: marketing uh, uh, promotions have you used to, all, uh, to get your products out for people to know about it? What sort of mediums have you used and found successful?
0: Well, In the last two and a half years, um, I pound the pavement. Um, I attend uh, events. So in the beginning, it was um, very much a local base, So going around a lot of my networking circles, um, getting my name known as the CEO of my brand, getting my name known um, for products and just walking into stores. um, The worst thing that anybody can ever say to you is a no. And really, sometimes it stings, but you, you pick yourself up, you you walk on, and you try again. And it's just constantly pushing your message out there. So I would I constantly pound the pavement. I attend events, I attend expos, I attend marketplaces, um, get myself into stores. Um, I also have had a, quite a good success with print media. And um, again, it's, it's preparing my P, my PR. I do it all myself. Um, so providing press releases, putting them out to find out who the editors are, stalking a lot of people on Twitter. Um, that worked really well for me in the last, in the first 12 months of my business, even being able to contact celebrities mm-hmm. through those mediums. Um, and that's how in May of 2013, so just under 12 months after we launched, that's how we were... Um, connected with Fifi Box. Um, she'd had her little daughter, Trixabelle, and her co-host hadn't bought a baby shower gift. So we were on Twitter and going through the threads and back and forward saying, oh, um, this is what you need. This is what um, you need to have bought for, for Trixie. And um, yeah, we we got in contact and she was introduced to the world on sunrise in one of our newborn settling nights. So that was really exciting in 2013. And that literally came back from an exchange back and forwards on, on social media like Twitter.
1: So you were using Twitter to give advice of what what to buy rather than promoting your product yeah,
0: directly? Yeah, pretty much. And because Twitter is such an avenue that you can, it's, you just jump into the conversation. So it's like seeing a restaurant table and the next table you can hear them and you go, oh, by the way, oh, I hear you're looking for a baby shower you need to buy me and this is why you need to buy me. <laughs> That's how blatantly rude I think um, that social media platform is. You're just, as long as you can back up your your um, product with um, the reasons why, that's, that's where it comes from.
1: So leading from there, mm-hmm. you um, were chosen by the Premier of Queensland to give a gift for Prince George when they visited. Yeah. yeah. So how did that come about, the question one? And question two is when it came about, how were you?
0: How did you prepare for the interest that it would create? First, it came about because we're Australian-made. Um, so, because we're made in Brisbane, I'm a full licensee for the Australian-made campaign. I find that I think that's really, really important to be able to give yourself your brand that um, recognition to your consumer and that trust, and also we're ethical clothing in Australia recognised. So, we. I'm, I'm constantly trying to be in the in the sphere of the government and being involved in groups that are part of the manufacturing process so we we're known as a brand um, for being Australian made and that's when we were contacted by the premier's office in lieu with the Royal Aides and um, it, it generally comes because it's a good quality product and they were looking for something that's iconic for Australia but mainly Brisbane-made and something to pass on to, to Prince George. Um, and it was, it was chosen that they'd use my, well, they'd gift my um, Navy Star blanket and the royal blue baby bath towel. Uh-huh.
1: So with that, there would have been a lot of interest generated for your product.
0: How did you manage that? There was. We had a lot of um, media interest um, and extremely grateful for that. Um, so we were put into one of the big publications with the Korean Mail, the You on Sunday, on um, their, their magazine uh, fold-out from, from the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. And we had, a, I had a huge traction from that, and that just being able to, I knew what was happening from about Easter time before they even came um, to the country. So I'd already was prepared what we were giving. We had to keep it very much under wraps, um, and then after that had happened in their visit, we were enabled to engage with the media, and just because I knew with a little bit of time, on it, I made sure that our products were manufactured. I hadn't um we'd done an extra run of the towels and the star blankets. So I had stock on hand and we did we had a real um a really good positive result where people were purchasing for overseas. People were wanting to send with the story, so we were attaching the story with our product as gifts. And yeah, I mean it was a, a huge bonus to the to the brand. Um so from there, you've um, just moving on to
1: another area of promotions and marketing. You use expos as part of your
0: way of getting the name out and the brand out to consumers. I do. I've attended the um, Pregnancy Babies and Children's Expo uh, twice this year, and um, the first time was in June. That was in Brisbane. Yep. As my very first big expo. And I mean, these expos, they bring in over 20,000 visitors. So it's a huge three-day event. And then just recently in October, I came through to Melbourne. It's a, um, So I came through for this exact same expo, the Pregnancy Babies and Children's Expo. Um, and it just enables me... As a brand, to be there firsthand, the consumers that are coming to these expos are generally coming for um, expert advice and being able to ask firsthand questions. So it's a really good education process. I really enjoy it because I'm not only being able to showcase the brand and sell it at such a big event, but I'm also being able to be... Um, first hand one on one with consumers, being able to explain the brand, the reasons behind and a lot of them will ask my questions um, and use my knowledge from my my nursing career so it really just entwines both and that's why I think they are just really they are really important um, avenues to be able to promote Four Zero. Yeah well
1: when when i happened to catch up with you for a coffee when you were down here for the in melbourne for the mm. expo and you were telling me about your system about uh, how you managed um, like capturing the data and how you uh, communicated with everybody can
0: you take us a bit through that process yeah so i mean it doesn't matter which, which event I do um, whether it is an expo or it's a market or um, or even just being able to speak to my consumers um, it's really important to grow your brand with the, the long term effects of being able to, to reach them after the event so it's something that um, I'm Part of the, the Expo experience, um, they provide the ability to capture data. When you're speaking with consumers, they can actually scan their tickets um, through, through a device. That you, If they want to know more about you, want to hear more about your products, um, you've then got the legitimate access to their email address and ability to talk to them. So my on-term, long-term goal then is to speak to them on email data. And put newsletters and um, really just reinforce my brand message of that we are Australian made, and this is this is the reasons behind the brands. Yep. So,
1: what? How would you typically go about that? You um, you get the names. How often would you email them? Do you have a strategy in place that you, or do you just go, just put them into your general database and go from there?
0: No, no. I I keep it for each state. Um, generally, I will do sometimes combine the lists so I can speak to them as a whole. Um, if I've got a whole brand message, but if it's something especially for the reasons that they came to the expo, so I'd only keep them in the on that certain list. So if they were just coming to the the pregnancy babies and children's expo, and I knew they were expecting and pregnant. Um, they're there for the short period and. After after the baby's born um, and then some people will opt in on my general email list um, they just want to hear general news so things like that it's not always product related and um, it can be information about how to keep your baby cool how to keep them settled what to do and um, different ways to help teething um, so it's it's just again garnering on my my nursing experience. When we spoke you impressed me because you would go
1: home that night collect the, da- the names and you would go back to your hotel room and you would and you'd send them out a thank you letter for visiting oh you. yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah no that's really important so so from there you do that that from the first day that they get there and then what sort of
0: follow-up um, yeah, so emails was, would you do when when I go on and running my data I will then send so if they've been to a market or an expo or have come and see me and they've signed up to my list I will actually say thank you for coming to see me that day um and give them every opportunity this is Basically, what the the premise behind my brand is, um, what you'd expect to hear from me. And I give them every opportunity, every contact to unsubscribe because sometimes it's such a busy event or marketplace that you think, oh, no, that sounds interesting. I think that's what I want. So I give them that opt-in again to say thank you for your time thank you for enabling me to speak to you but at the same time there's no point speaking to someone if they're not actually interested in your brand your products or your business and the services you're providing because it it never bodes well if they're like oh why are you taking up my precious time everybody has time that's precious to them we're far too busy nowadays to just to go oh yeah whatever you can just contact me Um, and I think that's really important and a lot of The feedback, again, that I'm getting, and I've only really funneled this down in the last seven, eight months, um, because it's still a process that I'm learning in my business. But the feedback I'm getting is, thank you for being open and honest. And again, that comes back full circle. That's why I manufacture in Australia. That's why I do everything here, because I want it to be an open and honest process in manufacturing. And that's how I speak to my customers and everybody that supports me, and I think it's important. Yeah. So, um, yes, one of the things I was very impressed with is the fact that
1: you're willing to cull people if they don't respond mm. and if they're not interested in... So that you just have your... Building a tribe that's really, truly really committed to
0: to four um, zero. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially for 2015. That's what I really want to have is... And that's what I'm building at the moment on my social media platforms. It's a real... Community, um, open dialogue, and trusted.
1: You're listening to Toxic Fox Show, and I'm having a conversation with Carolyn Chambers, the founder of Four Zero. My instant mind goes four zeros if it implies very small babies. Um, that implies that you're sort of almost a one-off product range. How are you building out your product range to extend the life of your connection with your customers?
0: Yeah, I think it's just going back to the basics and and the education process. My brand is 4.0, so it's size 4.0 for clothing. Um, And again, re-educating the fact that... A lot of you big brands out there do size four zero, and everybody automatically thinks it's premature baby clothes. It's absolutely not. Your baby, when it's first born, even an average-weighted baby of nearly eight pounds—that's that's our average baby—is seven and a half, eight pounds. Mm-hmm. That's what my clothing fits, um, and they will fit that for, on average, between ten and twelve weeks, depending on the length of your baby and their actual weight and their needs. Um, every newborn baby has the exact same needs, whether they are four pounds. Seven £7, £8 or even £10, um, they all need to be dressed in clothing that actually fits them, um, is very, very comfortable um, because they've emerged from the womb where they've had the most comfortable position for the last nine months. Yes, at the very end they get a very, very tight boundary and that's where my philosophy again comes in. My newborn settling 90 is all about providing that boundary that they feel so they can stretch against when they're, they're first born. And, again, that's where the interesting thing, it's like a little light bulb moment you see go off button, but when when kind of consumers are interested. There's, if somebody automatically goes, oh, you're 4-0, you're premature babies, there's no point trying to change their minds because they've already sunk in stone and they're never going to understand the reasons behind. Each of my products come with a um, 4 Step information card. So I have two features, two benefits on every one of my products that highlights my the fact that we're made in Australia. It'll highlight um the fabric that's been used, which is my organic cotton and bamboo. It'll then give you um two benefits of the the product. Like my newborn settling 90 explains the best way to dress your baby because it has an envelope neck neckline, yep, means that. You actually dress your baby from the feet upwards and down the body. So that's a little education process. Never in over a decade have I ever dressed a baby over its head. Because that's what these clothing any brand that has an envelope neckline at their shoulders, um, that's how you design to actually dress your baby. And because they babies have this innate fight or flight ability when you go near their head because they can literally only see six inches in front of them so they've been in the womb they're used to a boundary they push against it if they get frightened and that's where my ninety comes in it's a very tapered design it's very different to what's on the marketplace it pushes and pulls against their their body when they bring their feet and knees back into the fetal position Mm -hmm. and it just enables them to stay settled and then the um, other aspect on my card for the newborns, I do again, just reinforces the, the feeling of in the womb. Um, and that's where explaining to parents to be that this is what your baby needs. They want to feel comfortable. They want to feel settled and they want to feel safe. And that's what they do in the last trimester, getting ready for birth. Um, and that's the philosophy behind it. And that's where the brand name comes from, and especially my logo with the four rings of my butterfly that's my four zero and then moving on to your other question is how we engage the brand after that yes. it's about my accessories so it's about my wraps my towels my feeding cloths um, you'll use those continuously so in the first three months you'll use the newborn settling 90 you'll use our beanie which is really important for um, after the bond to help maintain temperature even in stinking hot summer because your babies are often born in maternity units that have a very, very high-blasting air conditioning unit in. Yep. <laughs> it's a huge transition in temperature. This can affect blood sugars, it can affect settling, and um, which in turn can affect their sleeping pattern, their feeding pattern. So it all snowballs into one. And again, it just if you can keep your baby's temperature regulated, you can keep them settled, comfortable and safe, they're actually more settled to do their basic primal instincts of feeding, sleeping and pooping that's what your baby should only be thinking about and then as a parent and provider of Um, items for babies. That's what I'm taking part of the equation away. So I know that my clothing will enable a baby to stay warm as well as cool because the bamboo allows the skin to breathe. It'll keep them settled and it'll keep them safe. And then you move on to things like my wraps and towels that once you've outgrown them at three months and they're a little bit more robust now at three, four months. um, (laughs) They're not as floppy, they're not as delicate. um, So that's when we put them in more um, robust clothing and fashion led. But you'll still be using my um, um, Wrapped in blankets and towels all the time to help them go to sleep and settle after the bath. So what you've done is you've you've created a niche product um,
1: that that's um, beneficial to the con- or the baby. And yep. but on top of that, you have then created add-on products that will take them through a longer life and bring bring the family back to you purchasing other products.
0: That, that, that is certainly the hope and that's where um again it's it's I, I that's essentially what i would love that's that's what i want people to do um but i know then that they're constantly using a good product so it's not getting used for two or three months and then thrown away or or um generally just getting discarded it's actually they're actually getting used because they're good quality products so
1: um Coming to the end, nearly the end of time, just wanted to know if you had three piece, bits of advice that you would give to another business owner starting up in business um, that you've learnt along in your journey.
0: The first and foremost is have a solid idea of what you want to do. Um Business plans are really important. I don't care if it's a scrap of piece of paper and you've got a timeline on it and you know what the the philosophy behind it is for. Um, Being able to actually understand what you're trying to do and have different procedures and policies throughout is really important in order to get your your end goal there. Um, As I mentioned right at the beginning, it it took me two years to get to the marketplace. Um, I needed to make sure this brand was correct, it was right, the designs are correct. Um, Certain things, I mean, it always evolves, but actually having a solid foundation for what you're doing is really important. Um, The next, the second one that would be your logo. That is the most important intellectual property you have. Um, you want it to be clear, concise, simple. Because um, I know Diana will put links, um, you'll put links um, with the interview so people will get to see the logo. We're a very, because I'm made in Australia, I'm ethically environmentally conscious. My branding is, the, um, our wording is 4-0 and it's, it's brown with our green butterfly, so that signifies our four zeros, um, and it's just a clear, concise message, so it doesn't matter what part of the brand a consumer sees, um, even a store owner, they all get the same brand message, um, and I think that's really important, actually understanding your your brand message. And then the third one is, don't be afraid, you're never going to please everyone, it's it's hard work it is not prepared for long term hard work close the door now because you'll cry, you'll laugh you'll you'll move on but it's if you've got that tenacity behind you and that passion it's worth it well thank you for
1: that I think that's a very good note to end on and I couldn't agree with you more. That It's a passion <laughs> the passion and the tears and the laughter that come with it. Um, yes, I think most people will be able to relate to that. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time, Carolyn. You're very welcome. Hi, you there? Yep. <laughs> How did that sound? It sounded good. You're good, good. yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of areas that I could keep going with you, you know what yep. I mean, and I can come back another time. Um, but yeah I think you've got i mean I love you you're very direct and all that sort of stuff, and you've got very strong ideas one one day I'd like to also like to talk to you a bit about your research that you went into into the the bamboo and the cotton and and really pull that because that's I'd like to get a bit sort of not controversial, but mm. you know bring it out in the open and let people make a decision on which way they want to go,
0: yeah, I think it's just yeah lying i mean i it's never going to be perfect. I know that chemicals are used, That's, but I know that this grade of bamboo and cotton that I use is a good high quality. So I just had to be happy with it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're either going to love it or you don't. And if, like, I, I have to stop worrying about that and go, I'm, it's better than some of the products that are out there by other people that come in and they're complete with um, the carcinogenics and stuff like that and just, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and you know what, the other side of it too is, as, as I say to people, you know, I, I, t- I talk about you because I really want you on my website. Yeah. And I say that, and I, but I say, you know, at the moment I just haven't made a decision about bamboo. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I love the fact that bamboo is grown organically. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it grows fast. Yeah. I love the fact that there's no pesticides. I love the yep. fact that it uses minimal water. Yep. And as a world, we need products like that. We do. But what I don't like is the fact that it's sold as organic bamboo because it's well, not.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, all of my... When you actually read it, it's organic cotton and bamboo. and bamboo. Yes,
1: yes. And so what... I think... And bamboo, viscose, actually. That's what it's actually labelled as. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'd like to... I'd like to do a story, actually, on the website, and then we can take you on, do you know what I mean, and have that Mm -hmm. and say that this is it and this is the journey and this is why you've chosen it, and just make people realise that it is viscose and that... Because people just get really stunned, and, and I'm okay. I mean, it's like tensile's another one that I really like. Yeah. Because... It's the same thing. It's using something... It's a byproduct. Yeah, and it's good. But, mm-hmm. And the world needs... We need to look at it. And if we can make it in such a way that it's got benefits to the world, that's fine, but please don't kid yourself you're buying organic bamboo.
0: No, exactly. And I think that's where, because um, that's where I'm very open with it. And that's one of the questions that get asked. I probably, I'd say, about 10 people over a weekend at an expo will ask that question. But bamboo isn't that environmental friendly. I said, no, it's not. But outweighing it against just using cotton, this is where it got, and they go, oh. But again, that's where I'll go, yep. Just, can you just bear with me a second when I'm not so busy and I'll stand and talk to you? And every single one walk away going, thank you for giving me that time. Yeah. And you go, and, and I will wholeheartedly say, I will probably convert majority of them to come and buy from me because they go, you're open, you're honest. And, yeah. yeah, It's it's. I get where you're coming from. And I think that's, yeah, I just had to go in my head, what am I trying to do here? Right. Because <laughs> that's why I just can't use... Cotton on its own at the moment—that doesn't sit right in my gut because I just know it's not the, the picking process, the the process where the guinea in in India is like when I put my products, like my newborn settling nighty, cost me twenty three dollars to get it ready to excluding GST and everything. Well, fact know it's more than that. Um, because the prices have gone up. What, how much is my a newborn settling nighty costs me? Yeah, twenty three dollars to get it, cost of goods all up made. Yeah. I wholesale that at thirty. I make less than two dollars. <laughs> so you just go, All right, people <laughs>
1: You're going to have to do something about your pricing.
0: It's it's not it's, it, until it is volume. Yeah. And that's where it'll start going down. That's what I'm beginning to, I need to grow to get my volume, to get my manufacturing down. And that's the process. That's why people get too scared in here. And if you can work your bottom line, like I know when I sell it retail, it makes me a wonderful profit. Yeah. And that's having to get the balance. I want more retail customers and I want a portion. I want it a 40, 60, 40 wholesale, 60 retail is what I dearly want. So I want at least 10 good stores around the country working hard for the brands and the rest of it then is retail.
1: I hope you enjoyed this chat with Carolyn Chambers. I'd love to hear what tips and insights you gleaned from the conversation and here are three points I picked out. One, make sure you are talking to and with the people who want to hear from you. Don't be afraid to cull your database if they're not responding. Two, business plans, whether on the back of a serviette or a detailed document, they are so important to getting you to where you want to be. Three, don't underestimate your logo. It's a very important IP. It tells the story about your brand. Well, they are my top three learnings. I'd love to hear what yours are please head over to thetoxicfoxshow.com. Look for episode number five and leave a comment in the show notes. Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. And if you're looking for a hashtag, the one I use is IGiveADamn. There's more coming up over the next few weeks as I interview other awesome conscious business owners. If you know one, please let me know. In episode number six, I'm speaking with Charlie Arnott. He's a biodynamic farmer. So, till then, I'd just like to thank Seven Canaries for making this possible, and to Vince Jones, allowing me to use his song, Old Mother Earth Knows, and my team who have been helping me pull this together and holding my hand. Fantastic team. And of course, yourselves. Your reviews, your re- feedback are very much appreciated, and I take note of all. So, until next week, may your business continue to be a business that gives a damn.